and welcome to Infinite Deer, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm your delectable host and dungeon master, Sam Went, and we have playing with us today Alex as Leah Flimflam, Emma as Ira Shat, George as Amber Phoebian, and Lachlan as Hendrick Stonesword. Last time on Infinite Deer, our heroes resolved to head for Rubetsia to find out more about the Axe of Kadur and to meet Falkil, the dwarf who had hired the academic artist to find the axe. However, since Rubetsia is an island, this required our heroes to find a boat. At the Carusa city docks, the gang met Anzolo Sartori, a suspiciously handsome ship's captain who was headed back to Rubetsia to deposit a criminal his ship had been hired to catch. Booking passage on Anzolo's ship, the party now needed a reason why they had a chained-up academic with them. The most sensible excuse our heroes could come up with was that Artis was Hendrik's boyfriend, and this was a bondage thing. Captain Anzolo accepted this excuse and welcomed them on board, but no sooner were they out at sea than Ivor discovered Anzolo and his crew were pirates, as all sufficiently attractive sailors are. The man they had captured had been a pirate hunter in his former life, and the pirates were handing him over to the Rubetsians as revenge for his crimes against their kind. But before handing him over, the pirates were having their fun, whipping him on the mast, which caused Lear to have a crisis of ethics and almost be recruited to the pirates. With Hendrik having managed to get Lear on a more even emotional keel, we return you to Chapter 11. The other half is violence. Come back to us. As Leah, the goblin. I hug you. I take the hug. I return it. That helped. Ivor and Ampo, what are you doing during all of this? I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of just watching like, huh, this is what this group is about. I finally understand. And then looks back to the man being tortured and is like, oh, what have we stumbled into? So I was also going to go up to Anzolo and just be like, I do not know about your methods in uh, torture. How about just killing instead? And then you do not have to dirty your own hands. So your point is, don't dirty your own hands in torture. (laughs) Just murder him. This man has committed far greater crimes against us than he has against the Rubetsians. Why should the Rubetsians be the only ones who get to hang him? Well, I mean, if you want to be the kind of people who slap and whip, then that is on your conscience. It is just not <laughs> very nice, I think. <laughs> Sorry, slap! And you're all whipping you with this one, like, sassy sailor's like, oh, you, so you a bad boy. Yes. <laughs> Have another one. <laughs> yeah, I bet you feel sorry now, you naughty little pirate. Fine, that's happening. Either, uh, either. Quick point: they are pirates. I don't think they really care about being morally good. Oh, they just said they have so many morals. He did not even list the morals. What are your morals? To fight for freedom of the common man. I like that. That is very, very vague. And besides the way I see it, given what we've done, <laughs> and the fact that we've got one group of pirates whipping another pirate, there is no moral justification of anything here. We did not torture that gnome. We mercy killed that gnome. That gnome was on a path of darkness. You aid the, your best friend. Do a bit. It's a waste of me. Circle of life. I, I just think we should stay out of it. Cut them whip him out. All right, okay. 
<laughs> no, no, I, I think that given our current moral bearings, <laughs> engaging in piracy, no, letting pirates whip other pirates, kind of fine. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's my point. Look, Chirpy Bird, although all this excitement is going on, I just wanted to let you know, uh, I've sent a homing stone to my contact in Rubetsia, and he's agreed to meet with us when we get there. Excellent. Snuggle pup, that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, come, let us go back to the cabin and... Consummate. No. <laughs> Ivan, no. We aren't married yet. As long as that's you know as ship's captain, I do have the ability to marry people. <gasps> let's do it. Come on, let's have a wedding. I guess I can't say no to that. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. That evening, torches are lit on the deck of the ship. The whipped man has been put back below deck. No, no, I want him to watch. <laughs> has he not suffered enough already? He's my best man. The whipped man is standing next to you, barely standing, still in chains as your best man. And Zolo stands at the front of the ship. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to join this man and this man in holy matrimony. Hendrik Stonesword, do you take Artus to be your lawfully wedded husband? Well, I only just found out that he's only got one name like Cher. But still, yes, I do. Artus, do you take Hendrik Stonesword to be your lawful wedded husband. Yes. I didn't want you to know my last name, Hendrik, because I've decided to take yours. <laughs> I'm so happy. Welcome to the Stone's Word, Stone Sword, Stone's Word family. If they say you don't choose to be gay, which is so true, because neither of you have chosen this. You've just been made. You've been pushed into a relationship. And they married. It's fucking beautiful. I'm crying, literally. Come on. You know, I, I think Hendrik just didn't know he was bi. <laughs> a whole new world has been opened to him. By the power invested in me as captain of a ship, I now pronounce you husband and husband. You may now kiss each other. Yay! Yes! Speech! Speech! Wait, they have to kiss. Artists, kiss me, you fool! They kiss? <laughs> speech, speech. Speech! To, to all the people here, who some of whom are new friends and some old, I would just like to say how happy you've made me and my new husband, Artist Stone Sword, Sword Sword. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Artus Stonesword. Sorry, but, but Professor Artus Stonesword and, and myself. I, I'm so looking forward to the rest of our lives together. <laughs> Fucking Stockholm Syndrome. This man. <laughs> <laughs> you kidnapped him. <laughs> to be here. I don't want to be hung in the morning. Please, can I not be hung? They put the gag back in. <laughs> and now, um, who would Artus choose as his maid of honour? 
I feel like Lear would be the flower girl at least. <laughs> oh, I was thinking the horse. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Uh, Ivor. Yes, as the token woman. Maid of honor. Sure. <laughs> Your speech. On this role. <laughs> yeah. I have to just say, when I first met Endrick, I thought he was a dirty dwarf, like the rest of them. Uh, you know, really horrible, smells like rock all the time. But I have come to see him as a man of love and a man of passion. And I am just so happy he could be united with our great friend, that academic man who I forgot the name of. Artist Stone Sword. <laughs> oh, yes, Artist Stone Sword. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Swallow>. <laughs> right, I say, let's get the festivities underway. A horse with flowers in its mouth walks down the deck of the ship, and the pirates begin the party. Go on, swag. Enjoy the reception. A group of pirates pull out instruments and start playing music <gasps> as the wedding band. Ivas joins in with her <laughs> concertina and her lute and At tap dancing. Time. All of it. Playing with her feet, her hands. Um, would you, for flavour, allow me to have prepared a different spell this morning? Yes. Okay, I have ceremony, which allows certain religious ceremonies to imbue certain properties. Okay. So if I were to find a pair of humanoids willing to be bonded together in marriage, I can, for the next seven days, make it so that each target, both of you, has a plus two bonus to AC while they're within 30 feet of each other. <laughs> That's sick. Yes, we, we take your blessing as well as the captain's. So <laughs> Leah goes up to you and says, It's been a weird month. <laughs> More specifically, a very weird couple of days. <laughs> Been through a lot. But here, I want you to have this gift. Artis and Hendrik. And then I'll just touch you and... Uh, <laughs> yes, touch you. In a very sensual way. And you feel emboldened by... On the by, shins, surely, as On the shins, yeah. You feel emboldened by the spirit of the common man flowing within both of you. Um, Leah, Leah, I hope you know how much this means to me. And I want to just say... You've passed your probation. Yes! <laughs> A wedding um, gift to you. I need to call my mum. She'll be so proud of me. Call? How do you call a goblin mother? Does anyone have a stone magic thing that I can phone my ma with? One of the pirates passes you a homing stone. Can I just speak into it or is it just sending a it message? It just sends a message. It's, okay. like a, it's like a magical homing pigeon. Cool, I'll just send a message to my mum letting her know that she was wrong to doubt me. Um, and that soon there will be a new goblin revolution on the horizon and we will soon be the dominant race. Ambo, how are you dealing with this wedding? I am just in shock. <laughs> and I'm like, these humans are fucking weird. He said old friends are no friends. He met all of us at most four months ago. He met his husband one day ago. He kidnapped him in chains, threw him on a boat, and then married him. You know what? I was questioning the whole sea invasion thing. We need to kill the lot of them. The fact that I want to kill them has nothing to do with the marriage. The marriage is beautiful. It's more the Stockholm Syndrome thing that I have a problem with, you see. Well, they say you don't choose love. Fucking true. Just not in the way you think. That was a fucking fever dream. We didn't take five. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 
As the wedding reception begins to wind down, uh, Anzolo approaches you, Hendrik. We'll be in Rebetzia by morning. You'll want to see it as we approach. It's quite something. Let's just say there's no better way to describe the Rubetsian people than by what they choose as a door. Right, well, um, I'll be sure to be up bright and early to see it with my new husband. <laughs> Enjoy your wedding night. Thank you, I'm sure we will. I don't suppose there's a slightly more private cabin. <laughs> Just for you, we've laid one on. You're too kind to us. Uh, thank you so much. I, I, I take Artis to our wedding bed. <laughs> <laughs> he looked up at you. Chirpy bed? Yes, Has this gone too far? <laughs> Not far enough by half, my dear. Not far enough <laughs> by half. <laughs> Alright, so uh, the, the next morning as the sun rises, Hendrik walks up the stairs bow-legged. <laughs> like he's been riding a horse for just so long. Uh, Artis follows me up, looking like a cowboy in an old western movie. Uh, so, okay, so the two of you come up on deck in the morning. Is anyone else there? I was already there, uh, taking an early morning cat nap in the rising sun, waiting to see Rubatsia. When you come up on deck in the morning, the ship is busy with activity. Pirates are busy on the rigging, stowing things below deck. One of them is climbing the mast with a red cloth in his mouth and a knife in his free hand. And Zolo stands on the prow of the ship, one foot resting on the bowsprit. Directly ahead of you, you can clearly see two huge marble statues of griffins. They're identical, apart from in one aspect. The one on your right holds a book in its claw. The one to your left holds in its claw a globe. And Zolo turns to you, Hendrik, and says, They're not subtle. No, you're, you're not wrong about that, but what a way to mark an entrance to a city. I th I'm so glad that I got a chance to see them in my life. If only you could lick it. I'm sure the griffins would taste delicious. Oh, do you think I could? <laughs> I don't think we'll be passing that close. <laughs> the wraith passes between the two griffins. As you sail, you pass more and more warships, flying red flags depicting a white griffin. In the distance, you can see a large island, but this island has no beach or grass. Instead, an unbroken metropolis of white marble covers every inch of the island you can see. Tall buildings glint in the sunshine, the light reflecting off what you can only assume is gold decorating the massive structures. The reflective light and white marble of the buildings make the city seem like a second sun on the horizon. You pass a large pole sticking out of the water. Tied to this, flying in the breeze, is a vast piece of red cloth showing a white griffin, its talon outstretched towards the horizon. The flag is about the size of a ship. The wraith approaches a dock, teeming with people of all races, loading and unloading ships. Many of the warehouses by the dock have been opened up and turned into shops, bars or covered markets. In the square by the dock, a fire-eater performs for a crowd. A vast temple, gilded with gold, bigger than any temple you've ever seen, sits in the dockyard square. Well, it certainly makes an impression. Yes, you did say that they weren't going in for subtlety. I, I didn't realise that it wasn't just the gate. It's, it's a whole... And Hendrik sort of waves his hands <laughs> in the air, gesturing at this city of opulence. Where did they get such riches to build a city like this? Read the word on that temple. See what uh, god it's dedicated to. I will looks very closely. The word on the temple is bank. Ah. Ah, they worship the god of bank. Uh, we could get the northern line from here. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's not a god I've heard of, but he must be very popular. I think it's a metaphor, if I'm using that word correctly, and I'm not sure if I am. Maybe we should go and find your husband's dwarf uh, friend. But also, maybe we should see if we can fixy fix the stuff. No offense, my friend, you are useful in a fight, but we don't have much use for a unpowerful person. That is a, a good point. One moment. Um, Miss, Mr. Captain, sir. Yes. Sorry, just for local knowledge, how do the Rubetskins feel about magic users? He points towards the square. There you see a group of people with their hands cut off being tied to nooses. Right, well, I support their use of nooses, but maybe that's overkill. It's a good thing none of us are magic users, eh? <laughs> yes, no magic users here. I think this is a job for the black market. Yes, I, I very much agree. Uh, Snuggle Pup, why, why don't you take us to uh, your, your accommodation? Ah, yes, of course. You'll love the university. You go down the gangplank off the brave. As you do, a group of soldiers approach the ship, and you see Anzolo and the pirates hand the man in chains, who was, last night, your best man, over to the soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss that, man. <laughs> All right, let's go. Come on, wild news chase. Yeah. <laughs> Artus takes you off towards the university. Uh, as you approach, you walk through more streets of marble buildings. There are shops selling exotic cloth, expensive clothes and jewellery. Food from all around the world. Small banks trading money are everywhere. Crowds of people gather outside, stalls surrounded by tables, serving a strange brown liquid that gives off steam and a pleasant bitter smell as you pass. Artus talks animatedly about the university and his work there, and about how you're going to love living in academic housing. I, I listen in rapture of <laughs> his words as they trickle like honey into my ear. We are such good matchmakers. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I really gladly kidnapped that man. <laughs> Eventually, the streets open up into a square. On one side of this is a large park of manicured grass and trees. In the centre of the square, the marble statue of a man with a large beard holding a scientific device and pointing towards the sky. On the other side of the square, behind a large metal fence, is a long terracotta brick building covered in towers. A sign over a gate in the fence reads, University of Rubetsia. In the lush grounds of the university, several colourful stalls appear to have been pitched busy with students. Artus lets out a loud, irritated sigh. We had to arrive on Freshers Fair. <laughs> <laughs> are there any nerds? Uh, yes, there are. There's like, a group of nerds. Cool, I'd like to shout, NERDS! <laughs> they look around from the game they're playing. It seems to involve a lot of dice. Oh, <laughs> you meta motherfucker. Leah, this is yes. a Freshers Fair. They will be alcohol. So many Jaeger bombs. <laughs> Fantasy Jaeger bombs, of course. Oh. How about we just forget about this accent enroll in the university. <laughs> but I'm led to believe a lot of students are revolutionarily minded. Mm, very revolutionary minded. They don't do much with it, but they think about it. I sure. can be the impetus they need to revolt against the university. I would like to see this. Off you go. I will go and mingle in with the Freshers Fair if anyone will let me. <laughs> do you let him mingle with the Freshers Fair? Yeah, of course. We, we don't control where he goes much, often. <laughs> so, um, Liam is going off to the Freshers' Fair, where the 
the rest of you going? Your so, new home? So I'm going to go with Artis uh, to his academic housing, and then from there we're going to talk about where uh, the meetup of Falkill is going to be. But I'm more than happy to let the goblin go and do some fresh and fair <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Ambo and uh, Ivor, which uh, team are you going with? Team academic housing or team freshers fair? Uh, I would like to see the freshers fair. Freshers! <laughs> I will do the third of the wheels, and I will go with the married couple. Okay, <laughs> third wheeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's deal with team academic housing first. Artis takes you uh, to a smaller building away from the main university part. It seems to be a group of flats for the academics. He takes you to his modest home. Welcome home. I, I suppose we, we live here together now. Did not expect this when I went looking for the Axe of Kudur. But, um, here we are. Well, you know, Stugglepup, sometimes you go looking for one thing and you end up finding something still wonderful but different. I never imagined that on my latest archaeological expedition I would be digging up love. Oh, I, I love you so much, Stugglepup. And we rub noses and, it, it, honestly, Ambo, it's disgusting. I am so long. <laughs> but business first, uh, where are we meeting Falkill? He's agreed to meet us tonight at a uh, small bar on the outskirts of the city. Uh, what's the bar called, dear? Uh, it is called the... It's called the... <laughs> Just <laughs> like a pony. <laughs> it's called the Doge's Head. Ah, but perhaps a little bit rough and ready, but I'm, I'm sure it will suit needs. He did not want to be too conspicuous, you see. He's a bit of a paranoid little fellow. Right, well, I would be too if I had uh, information about the Axe of Kudur. Yeah. Kudur. 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 How much do you know, um, Chirpy Bird, about the Axe of Kudur? The Axe of Kudur. 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 Uh, well, uh, not very much. Perhaps you could tell me everything you know about the Axe of Kudur. Your husband lights up because you've basically asked him to talk about his specialist subject. <laughs> well, I do have some books on the subject, if you'd uh, be interested, Chirpy Bird. I'm, I've never been one for reading Stugglepuff, but perhaps you could just uh, give me the, the cliff notes. Uh, Artis looks around through his library and pulls down a book. Uh, on the title it says, The Dwarves Before and Immediately After the Fall. The problem with um, Kadur and the stories about him is uh, that they come from the time of the fall, and most history of that period period has been lost. We only have the oral tradition to rely on. That's not really a terribly reliable source. Uh, for most dwarves, I, I, I don't wish to uh, imply anything, Shepherd Bird, Kudur takes on the properties of an almost uh, a mystical or religious figure rather than a historical king. The current royal family claims descent from Kudur, but uh, who knows if um, they're telling the truth. Most stories agree that he was the son of a king, that his father was murdered when he was a young man, and that he led a small group of followers to found a new city at Mount Athesa, and from this base he conquered the other dwarven kingdoms. But beyond this, the sources disagree and become somewhat outlandish. Uh, the chronicler Melgrim claims his mother was a god, and that he wrote the first dwarven opera. <laughs> his axe is important. Uh, most agree on that, but even then it's not clear how. Some say it was just the first uh, dwarven axe. Uh, others claim he used the axe to slay the dwarven gods. Melgrim writes that he did not conquer the other kingdoms, but the power of the axe alone made them bow before Kadur. He continues flicking through the book. This, this passage might be interesting to you. <clears throat> After the fall of the imperial capital, from once radiated order, now chaos sprung forth. All that was good and all that was evil came forth into the world from Artania. 
creatures of great power, gods and forsaken. One of these forsaken promised power to the weak-willed of a world devoid of imperial grace, and many flocked to his banner. When the Forsaken and his armies turned north, the people called on the King Kador to lead them against the Forsaken. Kador took up his axe and slew the Forsaken, imprisoning him. Oh, interesting. Amber, what, wasn't there something about a Forsaken in that dwarven ruin? I believe it said you must reject the foreskin. <laughs> forsaken, Amber. Forsaken. Yes. yes, reject the foreskin. No, no, it said reject the Forsaken, but I had a, a symbol of an eye with wings. Yes. I mean, you were down there, Snowy, but you must have seen it. Oh, well, why? Yes, I do I do remember that. Our but, first date. <laughs> I guess you could say it was. No, 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 business first, business first. Do you suppose that that Forsaken is the Forsaken of Tales. What this Forsaken is beyond what is said in the text and what we found in Vitheim, I can't really say. Well, um, nothing left to do but to wait until our meeting. Perhaps we should uh, get some tea for our guest. Hell yes. I will just <laughs> hang out with you guys. The two of you, uh, Ivor and Leah, wander through the University of Rubetia Freshers' Fair. People keep handing you bags for free takeaway. I pick up so many freebies. <laughs> like, all the well, quills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Anything they give, I take. You get a stuffed emotional support rat. <laughs> <laughs> I give it to Leah. One that won't bite me or run away. <laughs> Leah, I have a great idea. You want to inspire the masses here? Yes. How about we put on a show? A show of the common man? Yes. I could get into that. Uh, coincidentally, in front of you, you see a stage. There is a banner hanging across it reading The Jester's Society. Theatre kids! <laughs> the Jester's Society are standing on the stage explaining to a crowd of students who aren't laughing that their sketch was funny if you'd read the book they'd been reading for their course. So there's a stage if you want it. I'm sure the people watching would prefer whatever you plan to put on. Fantastic! What should we do? So Basically, I am thinking we both dress up in my fancy fun dancing outfits that I kind of hate but also serve a purpose. And maybe we do like a spoken word song kind of thing. Like I play my lute, you shout things. Okay. Uh, maybe we dance. Well, your suits fit me. Uh, we are both of similar size. Yeah, we'll try. Maybe I stretch it on you and uh, let us go change. Uh, basically, uh, Ivor has a lot of dance outfits. They're either frilly, tutu-y things. Things, uh -huh. like uh, very much show costumes like those little boy sailor outfit kind of things. Definitely the sailor outfit. <laughs> so we'll put Lear in the sailor outfit and Ivan will be like in a tutu. And I guess we just Perfect. improv on the stage. Yeah, we'll, we'll head on up to the stage, just push off whoever's currently on there. Uh, the chair of the Justice Society walks up to you. I'm sorry, but this is our time. You haven't booked a slot. Slots are not required for the milk snatchers. Da -da -dong. <laughs> Please, loot. He looks confused. We are a touring band. Don't you think it's so very draining to conform to society's expectations of slots and time management? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is conforming to conform to society's expectations of time management. I'm going back to bed. He Fantastic. leaves. I am glad we are helping students fix their horrible sleep schedule. 
schedules. Let's go on stage. <laughs> okay, you are on stage. Ivor will put down like a little a little blanket for coins. Okay. Because we better be making money out of this yeah, if we're okay. doing that. Yeah, just dancing, playing the lute, cool. following I'll your just lead. Do a little sort of a spoken word thing, and you can just interject whenever. Yeah. yeah. Students of this university, are you are you tired of? Yes. You're tired. Yes. <laughs> but are you tired of conforming to society, of listening to your elders and authority? Yes. Good. You're in the right place then. Why don't you not be students? Because then we'd have to get jobs. Well, have you ever thought about how you'd have to get jobs one day anyway? Oh my god, my illusions have been shattered. <laughs> they say in unison. Perhaps you should just... Dun-dun-dun! Bite the bullet early, so to speak. Strike! All of you! General strike of the university! Bring me ale! Bring us heads! Kill your masters! Dethrone the lecturers! I was just like side-eyeing Lear, like, this is all a bit out of hand, but I'm still gonna keep playing Malou. It's fine, whatever. Lear, all persuasion. Fantastic. Is this an assisted Yes, with her assisted persuasion. Well, so I can roll. Well, at advantage for the listeners. 18. Fuck. <laughs> a riot begins. Yes! Death! Glorious death! So much for DM impartiality there. Oh, fuck. I gave them free choice. In the academic accommodation where you guys are having tea, you hear commotion outside. The last time we went up for commotion, it caused you two guys to get married. Uh, so, want to check it out? Uh, we may as well. And um, you stay here, Snugglepup. We'll come and get you. I go over and open the window. Uh, you open the window and you see a group of students marching with uh, banners. Uh, some of them are going up to the university main building. A couple are around the university academics accommodation where you currently are. And they're pulling lecturers out of their homes <laughs> and dragging them towards the ground. How did they make the banners so quickly? <laughs> Well, you know what, okay. One of the banners reads Arts and Crafts Society. Ah, I see. Um, <laughs> so, so they're dragging lecturers out, out of their homes? Yes. As in his husband? They haven't gone to your door yet, but you can hear, like, a couple of doors down, like, knocks on. Oh, <laughs> Ambo, Ambo, please, you need to disguise Snugglepuff. Oh, my God, he must have been a shitty teacher. <laughs> Where does I agree? Just d- disguise him as not a lecturer. <laughs> Fucking hell, I can't deal with this bushwhacky bullshit! Um, okay, fine, I pull out my disguise kit. Okay. And I go over to him and be like, I will make you my work of art. And then I'm just gonna like dress him up okay. as old lady. Okay, I'm just gonna go to work, I'm gonna start giving him maybe a little thing. I'm gonna find some pillows, turn those into them saggy breasts. Okay. Um, gonna put on some curtain, make that a big kind of moo moo type thing. Okay. Some kind of little lady moustache that they kind of get when they're older. Yeah, the, the faint scent of menopausal anger. Um, Is that your disguise kit? The scent of menopausal anger. Yes, I, keep, I keep bottled menopause in my uh, in my in my disguise kit. Tell him to hunch over, give him a tray of cookies and something like that, and um, and, and and then he's and then he's ready. Uh, let's cut quickly back to the freshers' fair. Well, I think back on the stage, I'm probably turning to Ivor and going, "It looks like once again I didn't consider the consequences of my actions." To be fair, I could have considered it and stopped you. But it's kind of funny if you look at it. I hope no one dies. <laughs> but hey, free alcohol! You start to see groups of students carrying academics back towards the Freshers' Fair. What are they doing with them? Carrying them. And when they get there? 
Um, the theatre department appears to have set up a block. <laughs> Maybe we should leave and not stay at the scene of the, not crime, uh, but instigation. Should we stop this student-led kangaroo court? All right, all right. We got them into this mess. We get them out. It is, it is art, you know? Yeah, you I go mean... in, you go out. Shake it on the back. Is your plan to play a second song to end the uprising? <laughs> your plan was, start the revolution! Five minutes later, holy shit! Stop the revolution! I mean, it does look like over by the blocks over there mm. that they've got both the engineering students and the arts and crafts society, so... So, depending on how good this university is, we may be looking at some pretty efficient guillotining. <laughs> we better play our really good song. Oh, let's go. Uh, cutting back to academic housing, you hear a heavy knock on the door of the apartment. Uh, I'll get it. I go to the door and I open the door. We're looking for academics. Oh, well, you've come to the wrong thing. We're a room full of amateur crocheters. <laughs> Yeah, yes, um, we are. Do we could have gone with carers, you asshole. Okay, yes, we are amateur crocheters, and Mabel over here was just showing us how to curl the shape. Yes! Yes. <laughs> are you understanding everything, Mabel? Yes! Did you enjoy the antique road show? <laughs> do you want us to tape it so you can watch it again later? You get a nosebleed. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I'm terribly sorry to dampen your uh, revolution, but no academics in here. What are you doing in academic housing then? We broke in. <laughs> Good. They leave. <laughs> Fight the power. Yes, uh, power to you too, my friend. I close the door. <laughs> Ooh, that was close. Come back to the Freshers' Fair. Do I see a hurdy-gurdy anywhere? Roll perception. <laughs> uh, for the listeners who don't know what a hurdy-gurdy is, oh, it's a, a medieval instrument that you crank and also play the keys of. And it's sort of like Dylan in the Magic Roundabout where he does that thing, except medieval. I don't know. So for, list for listeners who don't know what the Magic Roundabout is, uh, I can help you. I honestly... I just... Google it. But but make sure you don't click on the X-rated sites because then you'll get the real magic roundabout and that is disgusting. <laughs> I got a nine in perception. You do not see a hurdy-gurdy. Done. I must just stick to my looks then. So we're making our way over to the blocks. Where, and are we there yet? So you... Yeah, you're there yet, yeah. Is there some makeshift thing I could stand on to try and address the crowd? There's the block. I'll stand on the block. Okay. I'll attempt to get the attention of the students and as much as I can while you're laying down some sick beats. Strumming it out. Here I go. Strumming um, it out, are you, Eva? Yup, strumming it out. Strumming it out. <laughs> yeah, I just go, students! Well done! What are you planning on doing with the, the teachers? You told us to kill them! Good! Very A-plus for listening, that was a test! You did really well, but historically, when have students ever really achieved anything, you know? He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong! <laughs> You're we'll be the first! <laughs> You're kind of out of left field with this one, don't you think? <laughs> Killing the people? You told us to! Well, have you ever heard of performative liberalism? Where you s talk a big game and never follow through. <laughs> That's what I see for you. That's what I want to inspire in you masses. Feeling disgruntled and upset, but never to the point of doing anything. We're students, that's what we were doing before you got here. Well, go back to that then. Just 
maybe, I don't know, renegotiate with the lecturers and form <laughs> unions, but don't kill them yet. So kill them later? Yes. And a couple of hours or so? No, a few years or so. <laughs> Just go back to sort of talking to the choir only, you know? Preach to each other about what you already believe and then hate yourselves and call each other out for the slightest transgression against any of your performative bullshit. But never do anything more than that. Vol persuasion. <laughs> Reach. Yeah, Reach. Right. With advantage. Yes. Come on. Thirteen? No. <laughs> well, I tried. <laughs> Plan B. Ivor climbs onto the block and flips on her belly and acts cute. Vol performance. <laughs> A natural 19 plus 726. In unison, <laughs> hundreds of students go, Oh! Yes. They drop the lecturers <laughs> and all go over to the cat on its back. Yes, this is this is the good thing. Look at the cat. Draw pictures of the cat. Share the pictures of the cat with pithy quotes and disgruntled comments, but never translate that into action. You're being ignored in favour of the cat. Okay. Yes, attach pictures of me to birds and send them as maybe tweets or something of the sort. Look at me, I'm so cute. Oh. <laughs> Many hours later, after the Freshers' Fair, Ivor and Leah turn up at the academic housing. <laughs> you fucking did it, didn't you? <laughs> the fucking people knocking at doors, dragging academics. It's got your bullshit written all over it. What? I'll, no. I'll put my hands up. I wasn't ready for actual killing yet. Actually taking the lecturers from their homes. <laughs> and chopping their heads off is a little too far for me yet. You have successfully installed socialism. <laughs> champagne socialism. <laughs> well, there was a lot of champagne. Which is the best form of socialism. <laughs> so I'm still a good person. We're all agreed. Fantastic. You say still as a good person. Yes. Like you were a good person yes. and have continued to be a good person. <laughs> My emotional support rat says I'm good. Uh, Krug turns up at the door. I'm shit Krug. <laughs> I have joined the Glee Club. Yes, follow your dreams. <laughs> but, but, Krug, I had such big plans for you. You're going to be co-assistant manager. I could also be in the Glee Club. I'm sorry, Krug, it's one or the other. I'm going to make you choose. Very well. I will follow on from my dreams of three days ago and be the assistant manager of this mercenary group. Now we're all back together. Leah. Yes? You know how my husband is now a, a, a lecturer, head of history. Very proud of you, dear. Is it is it safe for him here, given your recent students' revolution? Yeah. If ever they look rowdy, <laughs> just get hungry. a cat. Just, just throw cats at them. Right, so Snuggle Pop, as soon as I get to the market, I'm buying you a cat. You're buying us a cat. Oh, you're so right. Commitment? Oh, boy. We're married. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you met on Tuesday. <laughs> it's barely the weekend. It seems like it should be time for us to go and meet your uh, contact. Yes, yes, I, I rather think it is. We're all done in the university, I take it? Yeah. I can see nothing else we should probably do here. We've done what we can. We've done enough. <laughs> You've done what you came to do and then immediately backed <laughs> Immediately regretted that decision and pumped the fucking brakes. <laughs> this was a test. 
<laughs> to see if I could convince people <laughs> to commit atrocities. And then I realised my eyes were bigger than my stomach when it came to atrocities. Just a bit. <laughs> but now I know I can. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> the other half is violence. <laughs> okay, so you head out of the university through the smouldering remains of Freshers' Fair uh, and towards the edge of Rubetsia. You find a small inn down a side street, the Doge's Head. The room of the bar is small and cramped. A shabby-looking dwarf in a simple tunic, with a sprig of honeysuckle in his uh, lapel, sits by himself at a table, glancing around nervously. Artus recognises him and leads you over. Artus, who are these people you've brought? Oh, um, we're... What are we? Jiggy Buttons! The fact that you don't know is not filling me with confidence. <laughs> no, we are the Raiders of the Lost Axe. Oh, that's I a good one. Like I like that. I definitely made that up on spot and didn't write it down like half an hour ago. <laughs> it feels like you've only just come up with this identity for yourselves. Also, not filling me with confidence. Speaking of filling, these two are married now. How fun is that? Artus, you weren't married the last time we met. No, I was not. He wasn't even in a relationship the last time we met. Don't worry, it's too much. You've got too much to catch up on. Also, speaking of filling you with confidence, Ivor, like, tries to wrestle the map note thing. Come on. You don't put all your cards down when playing poker. How else are we meant to convince Well, let's start by talking to him. Oh, I hate talking. Uh, Mr. Falkill. Falkill, yes. Terribly sorry, uh, Mr. Falkill. People around me have been mispronouncing names all day and it's time to catch on. Well, you still haven't explained who you are. We are the Raiders of the Lost Axe, a new name which we've come up with recently, and we are hunting down the Axe of Kadur. We were wondering why you wanted to uh, send a group of archaeologists into the, uh, the city to the north of Carusa. Can we trust them, Artus? You trusted me. Very well. I am a member of a group within Alheim who is looking to acquire the Axe of Kadur in order to use it to rally forces against the Mad King. Right, well, um... I so think we should help him. This is a noble cause. Just to clarify, you have already started one revolution <laughs> and immediately regretted it. So, are you sure this time? No, but that one was for Tom Fuckery. This is the real deal. <laughs> this is Tom Fuck Shittery. <laughs> exactly. The next level of never mind. My, my friend, I assure you that our cause is righteous. The Mad King has to be stopped. The people of Alheim are starving. While the nobles live in luxury, yet pay no taxes. Fearing rebellion among the miners, Dalmar ordered the mine's entrance collapsed, trapping everyone inside. A village that failed to meet its grain quota was burned to the ground. Anyone who dares speak up against the king is shot without trial. Who will you put on throne instead? Because we... if there's applications open, you know, I think a pretty good walking. Just, just saying. Some in our group question whether there need be someone on the throne at all. 
I like this guy. I would like to say, uh, despite how noble the cause is, and believe me, I'm I'm no friend of the Mad King. It's it's why I phased myself out of the army. He was clearly insane, and after taking over from his father, Dalmar the Old, things were clearly going to go downhill very quickly, like a shit cart on a hill, or any other cart also on a hill. <laughs> like a shit cart on a hill. It's not an expression anyone's ever used. Also, wouldn't a shit cart on a hill just stay still because it's a shit cart and therefore its wheels don't work? No, it's a cart of shit. Yeah, it's a shit cart. I imagine it's a cart full of shit. That's what I was imagining. I was imagining the shit as a descriptor of the cart. Oh, I am, I am a farmer. I'm just going to leave the shit cart on the hill. Oh, no, my shit. Either way, getting, we're going to get back to my point. Uh, we we would need some sort of recompense for all of the danger we're putting ourselves in trying to secure this from a war-ravaged land like Alahim. Alahim, you say? Cock. Oh, don't put all your cards on the table, he said. Oh, just go ahead and tell them where the fucking axe is. I didn't say exactly where it was, but yes, Alahim. I assure you that both the university and your company would be paid handsomely by our group. Should you be able to acquire the Axe of Kadur and bring it to us in Alheim? See, this is a win-win. I do not see why we should not take him up. After revolution, <laughs> will there be noble positions open? I fancy myself as a lord of a small land. Our intention, once the revolution is complete, is to set up a republic. Oh, democracy is so boring! <laughs> Fine, we'll take the money. Uh, actually, speaking of money, could we perhaps get an advance of some, I don't know, one, 100 gold? Uh, just for supplies and passage. Each. Each, says Lear. Highball, then. Is that when you punch from in their high balls? Maybe. <laughs> Please do not punch me in the balls. D- d- I'm sorry, we're not going to punch you in the balls. We would like a hundred gold each as a forward. Besides, he is dwarf. It would be low balling if we punched him in balls. <laughs> 500 gold is a tall order, but I will see what I can scrounge up from our Rubetsian supporters. I'm staying at an inn in the north of the city. It's called the Dragon's Horde. Find me there in the morning. So we go sleep tonight, in morning we get gold, and then we go and find Axe. Find the Axe, liberate Alheim, free the people here, and on the side make a tidy profit. And kill the Mad King! Will our heroes overthrow the Mad King of the Dwarves? Will Hendrik and Artis find happily ever after? And just where is the Axe of Kadur? Find out! In Season 3, Part 2 of Infinite Deer, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast.